prophets. There have been many, many false prophets. When we lived in Livingston, Montana, there was the church universal and triumphant that bought up acres and acres and acres of some of the most beautiful land in Montana on the Yellowstone River. And they had Elizabeth Clare Prophet was their prophet. They had other prophets. And um, and it's amazing how many people followed them and uh, would sell people of means that would sell everything they had and come out there and live. And um, that whole thing is disintegrated and disappeared. I always said... Her name was Elizabeth Clare Prophet. I said it's too close to Clare Prophet to not be a misnomer, okay, because she made a lot of money off that, but I, I know it didn't end well. So, um, But there have been many, many false prophets throughout, um, throughout history, but there will be one final false prophet. And in Revelation 13, beginning at verse 11, it gives us some details about this. The Lord has the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Satan is a counterfeiter. Satan has the unholy Trinity. He has the dragon or Satan throughout the old te- or the book of Revelation referred to in various means, but one is the dragon, the beast who is the Antichrist, and the false prophet, who is similar to the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that in just a minute. But in Revelation 13, it introduces to us, we often think of the Antichrist as doing his work by himself and so on, but he doesn't. He um, has a partner in crime, if you please, Known as the false prophet, he will serve as uh, sort of like the lieutenant for the Antichrist, preparing the way and catapulting him to power. But the false prophet is in the position of, in the unholy trinity, like the Holy Spirit. And we'll just quickly go through a, a little comparison of those here. The Holy Spirit points men to Christ. The Holy Spirit is not about bringing glory to itself. Any ministry that you find that brings glory to the Spirit, you know that it's wrong. The Holy Spirit's whole ministry was to glorify Christ. The false prophet points men to Antichrist. The Holy Spirit is an instrument of divine revelation It was the Spirit of God that gave the Word of God. The false prophet is an instrument of satanic revelation, and we'll look at that more in a little bit. The Holy Spirit of God in Ephesians, it tells us that He seals the believers. We are sealed by the Spirit of God, and He keeps us. The false prophet will mark unbelievers with the mark of the beast. The Holy Spirit builds the body of Christ. The false prophet builds the empire of Antichrist. The Holy Spirit enlightens men with truth. 
the false prophet deceives men with miracles. And, and we'll get in and look at more of what Revelation 13 says. But the false prophet will be the chief propagandist and spokesman for the Antichrist, for the beast. He will lead the world in worship, false worship of this emperor. The Antichrist focus will be on the political realm. The false prophet's focus is in the religious or spiritual realm. And they will work very, very closely together. Um, Throughout history, there have been many, many countries who have had political and religious that work closely together. England's history is is rife with that. So um, that's really what it will be to help you to understand. Antichrist comes and the false prophet that comes, that we'll get in and look at the characteristics of it here tonight, will come primarily religious, but it's all bringing to the elevation of Antichrist, the worship of Antichrist. Notice Revelation 13 and verse 11. And I beheld another beast. He, in the early part of the chapter, it's reference to the Antichrist. But I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So he comes up out of the earth is a first characteristic, meaning he's not a heavenly creature that comes down here. He he comes up out of the earth, and it says that he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He controls the religious affairs with deceptive speech. He is motivated by Satan, by the dragon. The dragon is a reference to Satan. And you notice verse 12, And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. So he promotes the worship of the first beast, which is Antichrist. And he is instrumental in doing that, Verse 13 says, He doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. So, he promotes the worship of Antichrist, and he does it by performing miracles. He'll bring fire from heaven and perform other miracles, great miracles. He'll have the power to do this. Imagine the astonishment of all the earth as great streaks of fire blaze across the sky by this individual's commands, perhaps maybe as a part of a gigantic celebration for Antichrist. But all of this is done for the purpose of elevating Antichrist. Um, He will erect an image to the Antichrist for all the world to worship. 
and and in understanding as he erects this um he will be instrumental in um in establishing this worship he will um well we'll get to that in a minute but he is instrumental there is the the very real thought throughout scripture we won't take the time to go into it in detail that antichrist gives the appearance of being resurrected from the dead you notice what we we read here that that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast so he will be instrumental in whether it's making it appear or actually uh, causing the Antichrist to rise from the dead. Now, understand, Satan is counterfeiting everything of God. He is Antichrist. That means not only he is against Christ, he is the type of Christ. We know Christ was crucified and rose from the dead. Antichrist wants to copy that. He wants to do it. Um, there is speculation. Is he really, does he really die? Does he really get resurrected? We don't know, but he gives the impression of that. And then the false prophet will give life to the image of the beast. Notice verse 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So he gives the image of this beast um, the ability to appear as alive. Some say that he does bring it to life. But The bottom line in all of this is the false prophet's powers are not slight. They're not minimal. He actually is able to make the image speak. Satan cannot give life. And the reality is whatever power the false prophet has, God has allowed the power to be to be had for the purpose of fulfilling God's purposes. He then, as we just read, kills those who do not worship the beast. And you notice in verse 16, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And then it goes on and it says the number of the man is 666. So, he will control world commerce on behalf of the Antichrist, on behalf of the beast, forcing everyone to either take the mark of the beast or to suffer death. The... Mark of the beast, and we may go into more detail in it um, later, but technology has come that these computer chips are used to monitor the flow of goods and services and track animals. Did you know they are so tiny that they have been attached to ants 
to study the movement of ants. That's how tiny these chips are. And they're able to tell the movement. If you knew all the information that they already know about you, it would probably scare you to death, okay? But um, all these chips that are in your cell phone, they know right where you're at. They know what you're doing. So go home and burn your cell phone. I don't care what you do. Bottom line is nobody cares much about us here in southern Iowa anyway, okay? Don't get in a... God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Don't get filled with fear. Don't turn into this, um, I'm going to run to the mountains, dig a hole, and camp out there, okay? I'm all for going to the mountains, enjoying the beauty, um, camping. I'm all for that, but not as, a, as running away and trying to hide from things. Our God is in control. And he said these things are going to happen And they will happen. And he is in control. So, quickly, some applications here. Satan copies God as much as he can. We learned that in the Old Testament. When Moses came and brought the plagues, there were a number of plagues that that they were able to copy. But there came a point of separation. And Satan will copy God. I mean, the unholy trinity. Satan is not creative. Our God is creative. Look at creation around us. Satan is a counterfeiter. He's a copycat. And he copies God as much as he can. But there is a limit to how much he can copy God. This time, which takes place in the middle of the tribulation period, is the greatest concentration of evil that there will ever be. I mean, this evil is turned loose, the great deception that is there, the worshiping of Antichrist and the hatred and vileness of the Antichrist. It is a time of great, great evil. And it is an interesting phenomenon that this religious leader will be brought in play to promote and aid and abet all the the crowning glory of the Antichrist. And yet there will come, as we get in and look at prophecy, there will come the judgment on this religious leader as well. Um, There's speculation Um, the aspects of who it is, God doesn't tell us. It gives us characteristics that we may get into more later at another time. But the application is understanding. There's Antichrist, then there's the false prophet, and a time of great, great evil. Miracles done in order to advance the evil. But we must, as we mentioned this morning, We must remember how things end. God ultimately triumphs over all evil, and we should have confidence and faith and rest in that. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of talk about the number 666. What does it mean? Why is it 666 three times that number? We know that seven 
is the number of perfection throughout the Bible. Um, We know that six is the number of man throughout the Bible. I read in studying with this, um, I believe it was, um, can't remember the name of the guy that shared this. Uh, Well, I think it was um, the preacher Barnhouse that shared this. But he read a story about Johann Sebastian Bach, the great German composer. He was apparently a very, very sound sleeper, very difficult to wake up. His children discovered the best way to awaken him was to go to the piano, play a few measures of some composition, but leave off the last note or the last chord. Their father would instantly arise and go to the piano and strike the final chord. The one thing he could not tolerate was the incompleteness of a piece of music. He had to bring it to its final conclusion. Maybe this is what God's doing with the whole number 666. It's man is incomplete. And God is going to bring the completion of it. Like a song without the final note, Antichrist cannot bring history to its final closure. Only Jesus Christ can. And he will bring it to its final closure. And only God, only through the power of Jesus Christ can do that. He is the perfect seven. And as are all who find refuge in him, we rest in that truth. And so we need to be reminded of how things end. But we also need to warn others of coming disaster. I mean, these are days that people we live and work with may very well be going through. You think of it, that these horrific times that we've already looked at some of the judgments that are going to be brought But they are going to be greatly deceived. Wow, they must be of God. Do you see him calling fire? Do you see him? He gave life to that image of the beast. Do you see all this? And they're longing for something to worship, but they still react to God. And they will be swept into this and brought into the judgment of it. And these are things that we don't learn this just to register it in our mind, we learn to motivate us to warn of coming judgment. That's why God's left us here, to be an instrument to this end. I mean, you you can see if you look in religious circles today, there is a vast movement back to a one world church. There is a vast movement. Let me just let me just say one thing. Have any of you heard of the Bible answer man, Hank Hennegraff? Any of you heard of him? Hank Hennegraff has gone back to the Greek Orthodox Church. He is converted to the Greek Orthodox Church. I would not listen to him. I would not buy any of his materials. You are going to see, you are seeing a movement of people moving back 
to the universal church. That's what the word Catholic means, universal. And you are seeing that in evangelical circles. You are seeing this set up. There will be a one world religion. You say, I don't see how that can happen. We've got Muslim. We've got Buddhism. We've got Hinduism. We've got all these others. There will be a one world religion. I personally believe the battle of Gog and Magog will wipe out Islam. It will leave it so that it won't be a factor. But regardless, there will be a one world religion and it will be worshiping Antichrist. And in understanding, you run into people. There's so many religions. uh, It's so confusing. I don't want anything to do with them. You ought to tell them you don't want to be alive when there's only one religion. Because it's the religion of the devil. And in understanding, God allows all this to bring Israel back to him and to bring judgment upon mankind. But we need to be encouraged. And as Psalm 46 said this morning, come behold the works of God. Come look how things end. Come see God will make wars to cease. God will rule over all. And we rest and rejoice in that tonight. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we stand amazed at the conniving, counterfeiting plans of Satan that you laugh the Bible tells us, at the devices of the wicked, that the arms of the wicked will be broken. And Lord, we take great comfort in knowing you personally as Savior. We are challenged at the grave responsibility that you have given every one of us as believers And Lord, I pray that we would be diligent to represent you well in these days. Lord, it is is overwhelming to realize that people that we know and love and work with could very well be experiencing firsthand, living through what we have been studying here. And Lord, I pray that you would use us through our life, through our testimony, through our words, through our actions, to help bring people one step closer to you and to help bring people to salvation. Lord, may we be burdened for the lost as never before. May we be strengthened in our faith and confident in you, knowing how you have already told us how things end. Lord, I pray if there is one here tonight that in the depths of their soul they know they are not prepared. Lord, I pray tonight you would give them an uneasiness, no rest until they come to you. And Lord, I pray tonight if they need assistance in in knowing what step to take, that they would mention that to someone here. And I pray that every one of us here tonight 
would truly be prepared, knowing that your coming may be very, very soon. Lord, may we be found faithful, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.